we'll just kind of get weird. What's that? You and I'll start. Yep. Sounds good to me. We'll get weird. Love Where it. do you guys lead an off-pipe? I don't even want to talk. Stock 1-2. Uh, one, Let's one, go 1-2. One, the pigs one? Yeah. Okay, cool. Then we can hit, it, hit him. Cool. All right. Uh, we're going to go, Kev. Here we go. Um, all right. All right, back again, the SWX Podcast, the NFL Draft Edition, uh, John Collette and Robin Ditch. And, uh, Robin, we got to get the war room together. Absolutely. For, uh, this is the SWX war room Can here. we move over John Gruden, uh, who else is on that panel? Um, Lewis Riddick. Lewis Riddick and Mel Kuyper. Yeah. We got our we, own. We've got us. we got the SWX war room uh, going for this NFL draft. Pretty yeah. excited. So, yeah, Scott Malone and uh, Travis Hughes joining us. Uh, Travis Hughes making his SWX podcast debut. Uh, welcome. Hey, thanks. Happy to be here, guys. And uh, Scotty Malone, uh, we got to start with you, though, man. Uh, big news. <laughs> uh, this We're like a week to the bi- week late to the big news, but uh, the Eags moving up. Uh, how How is the life of you and the rest of Philadelphia getting ready for the Carson Wentz era in Philly? Well, it would be a lot better if... Um, <laughs> You know, this was a draft where coming in, there was that Andrew Luck caliber quarterback coming in at the top. That, you know, the problem with, you know, the NFL is we see it week in, week out. You have to have a quarterback to be able to win, not just in week one, but also through week 17 and into the postseason. So the stock, you know, in how, like, your team is going to depend on its quarterback absolutely and Mm -hmm. it's what gets head coaches and gms lifetime contracts (laughs) like bill belichick and tom brady (laughs) Mm -hmm. or you know you could be fired after two years if you draft the wrong guy or pick the wrong guy um (laughs) gosh i'm so sorry cleveland um But that's why they moved out. They yeah, that's yeah, they couldn't yeah, handle the pressure. Like, hey, hey, hey. Cleveland <laughs> couldn't handle it this year. We'll take um, overs there. Yeah, we'll take eight. But the way that the Eagles did this, there's part of me that likes it. They know that whoever they draft is not going to be somebody that can step in right yeah. away week one and try to lead them to victories. I think Doug Peterson, you've got a former veteran quarterback and a, very, a lot of quarterbacks on his coaching staff mm-hmm. know that these guys are going to need to be coached up. So whoever we take, whether it be round one or round five, for pre-trade obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, is going to sit behind Sam Bradford and Chase Daniel and yeah. learn the offense for two or three years and then step in. Once they make the trade, though, um, <laughs> they sacrificed a lot. I'm not happy with what they sacrificed, don't get me wrong, um, but you also can't put a price on a franchise quarterback. Yeah. If you think your guy is there and you have to have him and you know he's not going to make it to where you're sitting, you've got to make a move. Clearly, Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman, the Eagles GM, thought one of these two guys is the guy. (laughs) But what about history? Aren't you afraid of the one-two quarterback history? That's Donovan McNabb worked out pretty well. McNabb worked out, uh, but then you look at... RG3, Andrew Luck. Oh, I'm terrified. And then you look, <laughs> you look, I'm absolutely you look at... Um, Who's that Washington State quarterback? Yeah, um, uh, what's his name? Drew Brees, right? Or not Drew Brees, no, Drew Bledsoe. No, no, Drew Bledsoe, no, no, he right? Went one. He went one. No, oh, yeah. oh, the other guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, Peyton Manning, yeah. right? That's oh, what you're yeah. talking about? No. Yeah. It, so, like, the history is there. It's a little terrifying, especially with you're putting all your chips in. Yes. And this, that's the most terrifying thing about it is not just all the chips, but they gave up nothing lower than a fourth-round pick. Yeah. Well, and and it's, 
Oh, that said, to have the number two pick in the yes. draft, yeah, not nothing. even to have the number one pick. Yeah. Yeah. You say you're going <laughs> to get whoever, get the, pick. The, whoever <laughs> the Rams don't want yeah. is yes. who we're going to take. Yeah. And so all logic points to Jared Goff being the number one overall pick, but there's yeah. also the chance that they take Wentz first and the Eagles are planning on having Wentz and they're left with Goff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you gave all of that stock to have the Rams to leftovers. Leftovers. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you phrase that. <laughs> <laughs> leftovers. <laughs> whatever you don't want. Yeah. You're LA now. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, you look at both of these quarterbacks, whether you're taking Goff or Wentz, they each come with their own separate issues and question marks as they make the jump to Sunday. Yep. What from Wentz's standpoint, obviously the big question is he's going from the FCS to the NFL. Mm. It's a large jump. Yeah. It's not something you see all that common, but we've seen it be hap- happen to successful quarterbacks yep. in the past. Just recently, look at Joe Flacco, mm-hmm. Ben Roethlisberger. Tony Romo. Yeah. Tony yeah. Romo. I mean, there's, it, there's a precedent there for it. But Wentz's struggles have been, you know, he has gotten away with a few bad habits, staring down his number one read, especially. At the FCS yeah. level, you can kind of get away and, with that. And he's had a dominant program. Yes. The yeah. best like, program. The, yeah. Yes, the best program for the last – Half a decade. I mean, four straight decade. national championships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is you are with the best talent at your level every single day. Um, and so when you when you play with those t- talented people, and then you get on a team who's a number two pick. Not saying the Eagles aren't talented, but they're obviously not the caliber of team that they want. I mean, will he will that translate as well? Because it's it's different. It is different when you don't play for the best team in your entire league. Your all four years. Well, the Eagles are the best team in the NFL, though. You forgot that part. In Scott's mind, they're, they're okay. going to win the Super Bowl every year. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Well, on the other side of that, you also have Jared Goff from Cal, mm-hmm. who has really no track record. He comes in and they what win one game his first mm-hmm. year, mm-hmm. and yeah. the best they were was maybe seven and six or. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got to a bowl this year, right, around, yeah. Yeah. right around 500. You have a guy who never won a game he wasn't supposed to win, mm-hmm. um, never really has that kind of highlight premiere moment. Yeah. And so I think kind of the unknown, at least the, the winning tradition that Wentz has, mm-hmm. I think if you're an Eagles fan, uh, it gives me a little bit more confidence in knowing having I have Jared Goff here who kind of, I don't know, just kind of plays up to the competition yeah. and plays how he's supposed to play. Both, yeah, physically you're not worried right. about either guy. Absolutely. You know, people, people, both guys, you, you'd be happy if you just had to pick either one just based off looking at him standing there in front <laughs> yeah. of you. He you'd like be happy with either yeah. one. I don't. The, all of the Do you me- play sports? all of the noise about you know concerns over Goff's hand size. Yeah. He threw the ball just fine at Cal. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not like it was coming out of you know he's throwing dead ducks ten yards down the field. Yeah. The concern, really, for both of them is going to be their adaptation from the scheme they ran in college to the pros. While Wentz, like I said, you know, ran a pro-style offense at North Dakota State, yeah. you know, it was something he was comfortable with. But again, he had a lot of bad habits. He wasn't quite super accurate on his deep throws, especially too. Which in the NFL, you've got to be able to make those deep passes. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I mean, you can just sit there in a short zone yeah. and. Yeah, pick pick off up. the quarterback yeah. and just wait for his So, throws. So if you were the Rams, to, like if you were in the Rams situation, take out who they're already going to project to pick, who would you rather have? If you, well, I guess if you're the Eagles, who would you rather ha- them have, Wentz or, um, or Goff? If I'm, if I'm the Eagles, I would prefer the Rams to take Goff. Okay, so you want Carson Wentz. I, if I had to pick one of those two as an Eagles fan, I would want Carson Wentz. Because there's no doubt, you know, I've you you talk to you hear all of the chatter about both of these guys on and off the field. They both seem like great guys. Wentz seems, by all reports, Wentz is the guy who is going to live at your team facility yeah. for 24/7, <laughs> off season, on season, yeah. Yeah. whatever. 
Goff, I'm not quite, I'm not quite sold on that mm-hmm. aspect. And also, in addition to just getting used to the grind of the NFL and all, all of the pressure with being a number one or number two pick, he's going to be, especially if the Rams take him, they're, they're going to expect him to win them six or yep. seven games year one. Yeah. The Rams LA, come in yeah. with, with, with a much more championship-ready team. I mean, they have a defense set. Mm-hmm. They have high draft picks on the outside. Skill mm-hmm. position players. they got Todd yep. Gurley, yep. Trayvon yep. Austin. Um, I think the expectation is that the Rams come in and compete for the NFC West next year. Yep. I think Wentz, if he goes to Philadelphia, a little bit more athletic, maybe less mm-hmm. expectation. But yep. that's hard in Philadelphia where they don't give their sports teams any slack. Nope. So you want somebody who has that mentality to say, hey, I'm going to be all in. I'm going to be you know, 100% committed mm-hmm. to the not plan. the lifestyle, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm not yeah, going to be in LA. I'm going to be in yeah. Philadelphia. Yeah. Distractions, yeah. <laughs> right? Just a little, just a few, you yeah. know, less distractions in Philly compared to LA. Um, but like I said, and I think part of it also comes to the schemes they ran. I'd rather have a guy who's familiar with, you know, being under center, having mm-hmm. to adjust not only audibleing yeah. but yeah. sliding protections for the line. You yeah. know, having to, you know, call hot routes. Right. Whereas Goff's scheme. You know, it was a lot of just what they called RPOs, your mm-hmm. run-pass option yeah. play, where it's, you know, well, here's your two pl- choices. Right, you can right. hand it off to this running back as your bailout, or mm-hmm. you're, it's a one-read-and-go. Right. You know, there's not a lot of getting through your route, com- your route you know, progressions of first option, mm-hmm. second option, third yeah. option. Yeah. Granted, Wentz didn't have to do that a ton at North Dakota right. State because... First, first, first option was usually working. Right. And one seems to be the better athlete as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I want to know if... You would rather have either one of these guys over Mariota? No. Going back to it, you would take Mariota. <laughs> Heartbeat. 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 Yeah. How about I mean, I think that's like the, the one-two comparison. I think it just kind of illustrates the drop-off from the one-two last year compared to the one-two this oh, year. Do you have Winston over, over these two as well? Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah, I, I think that's, that, that – it is funny because, like, we were talking before, the drop-off maybe is here this year from the last few drafts with the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you come, when you look at next year's, that might even drop off even more. Which is scary, yeah. and, and that's why I think Billy's not afraid to just dump those draft picks and be be like, hey, we have our guy. We really don't need a quarterback. We can find some gems later on in skill positions or or even in the interior. But I think if this is their last year for the next couple, where they don't see anyone who's really going to jump out um, on the draft boards. Yeah. yeah, I think you're really starting to feel the effects of the spread system in college. You have a lot of guys who aren't NFL ready, who aren't ready to run yeah. pro-style offenses, who you can't spend a high draft pick on and wait two or three years to develop. You have teams that are picking high in the draft that need to win now to keep their fans, to keep profits up. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think we're really starting to feel the effects of the widespread use of the mm-hmm. spread offense in college football. Yeah. Right, absolutely. All right, let's, uh, let's switch gears here. Uh, let's dive into the Seahawks a little bit. I think we're just... Uh, I'm the expecting the them, yeah, the other side of the draft, uh, from the top all the way to the yeah, 26, correct? Uh, I'm expecting them to trade the pick. We haven't seen them with uh, first rounders since 2012. Yeah, I mean, say that out loud. The Seahawks haven't had a first round draft pick yeah. since 2012 when they took Bruce Bruce Irvin. Uh, the last couple of years, we see them trade for you know notable players in Percy Harvin and Jimmy Graham, and I think it really speaks to. Uh, just their overall thought processes on those drafts. Maybe they weren't as deep. They didn't find as much value in those picks. And they thought, hey, you know, this isn't a deep draft. I think we can get better picks in the second, third round. Let's go after some difference makers, guys that we think have skill sets that we're not going to find in the 2014, 2015 drafts. And so I think the fact 
that they've held on to this pick so long uh, really speaks to yeah. kind of the overall just depth of this draft. Uh, John Snyder in his press conference today said that this is the most impressive draft he's seen right. in his seven years with Seattle in terms of sheer number of draftable players. Yeah. They might have draft grades on 200 players this year mm -hmm. as opposed to 130 or 140 mm -hmm. seen in the last couple. Absolutely, and and when I, I've heard Snyder say this as well, and, and people say he reaches, and for him, when he says, hears the word reaches, he doesn't, it doesn't mean anything to him because they're, like you said, there's grades that they give to yeah. these people. And if that person is there, if they see a o, o lineman who's there and there's like a, a bunch of o linemen before and if he might be the next one, but he's slotted for like a later round, they're just going to take him because they are the type of team, and this is the mentality all teams should have, take the player you want as soon as you can. Mm -hmm. And obviously you don't take him in the first round if he's a third round uh, talent. Yeah. But if he's there and you don't really, and there's other players that are lower, take them because that's that's been their solid plan for the last four years. Just take the person they want and it's worked out very well. Just look at the entire team. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, they are littered with just deep round picks that people have said, hey, they might have reached, but mm -hmm. they worked out. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, the Seahawks, do a great job of building their team through the draft. Yeah. We see the teams that are consistently in it every year do a great job getting guys to second contracts, filling you know their whole team throughout the draft, not winning free agency, not overspending on guys, but really keeping their own. And I think, um, like was said, the Seahawks have a very particular player that they're looking for. Yeah. And so the way that they grade may be very different than the rest of the league Absolutely. because they're looking for unique skill sets. They're looking for guys that do things that other people can't do. They're looking for touchdown makers, for guys who have things that you can't coach for incredible speed at positions like Bruce Irvin, mm -hmm. uh, guys like James Carpenter who are just like road graders and just have that size that you can't teach. And so I think they get a lot of uh, negative feedback from draft pundits who aren't evaluating the way that they evaluate. Right. That, other players. That's why they work. They think outside the box. They think yeah. differently than every other team. Right. All right. So with all that, who do we think the Seahawks are going to take first round? Is there one you guys like in that kind of that twenty six spot? Uh, again, I like Tunsil, but Tunsil's going to drop. Yeah. More than the Seahawks. I would, line, I would love drop. the Seahawks to grab him. <laughs> well, I mean that that's got to be their biggest need at least coming right. in the draft as a line. I think mm -hmm. uh, at least fans are hoping yep. they pick someone for the offensive line. Yeah. But mm -hmm. what do you guys think? I would say if. Uh, he falls down to 26. Alabama center Ryan Kelly yep. is the have-to-make pick there. Mm -hmm. um, you pop on the tape, and there wasn't a single person that really manhandled him. Kim, Robert Kimdichie from Ole Miss gave him a lot of trouble in that Ole Miss-Alabama game, but that was one of the very few games yeah. Kimdichie ever really showed up. <laughs> um, but otherwise, I mean, Kelly did everything and while they traded away Max Unger to get Jimmy Graham and the line struggled for parts of the early stretch last year and eventually got its act together you need that true true center in the middle because we saw it with Dallas when they reached up to grab Travis Frederick yeah. a couple of years ago I remember sitting on my couch like why are they why are they reaching for a guy who's a second round player it mm -hmm. transformed the rest of that yeah. O-line and then once you have the O-line set, that's more time for Russell Wilson to actually make it through a progression. Don't have to be running for his life. Not have to be running for <laughs> his life. Or, because while they don't have a great overall like cast of receivers that are great at getting open and winning one-on-one -on -one battles, if you give them some time, mm -hmm. they can get open. Yeah. But goes back to the line. Well, and I think it's, it's very rarely at 26 will you have a chance to take the premier player at a position. Mm -hmm. yep. And I think yep. Ryan Kelly is 
considered the top center in this yep. draft. A guy that Nick Saban called the most intelligent offensive lineman he's ever coached. Uh, high praise. Yeah, 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 coming from you know, the, the line of there, offensive yeah. linemen yeah. that Alabama has produced. Not a bad place. I think he's a guy that you can slide in day one, starts at center. He can get you know the offensive line calls correct, the blocking mm-hmm. scheme correct. And I think we saw last year when Russell Wilson had that extra second, half second. I mean, he tore it up the second half mm-hmm. of the yeah. season. Yep. Uh, you know, I think it is obvious they need an offensive line. Uh, do, if they do stay in the first round, I don't mind them going a D tackle either. They they yeah. lost some people in the interior. Uh, Kimdichi, if he falls, I mean he's had some some personality problems and off the field problems, but he wants a Panther. I think yeah. I'm all for that. Uh, yeah. And mm-hmm. and you know Seahawks are known to be looking past that and actually use that as an advantage. Yeah. Is is those uh, those personality issues that people throw red flags at? I wouldn't mind either an Eli Apple as well if he drops to us. Uh, I think. The one oh, secondary guy. Yeah, the yeah. one thing that that the Seahawks. I mean, the Legion of Boom. I mean, Brandon Browner. They're back together. What do you Brandon want? Brandon Browner is yeah, back, back. <laughs> but, but Brandon Browner is not the same player as no. he used to what? be. Yeah. No. Um, he's out of. He was oh, the most yeah. penalized player in the league yeah. last year. Uh, yeah. The Saints yeah. defense is really good. That, that's true. About? That has not changed about <laughs> Brandon Browner. That's that's for sure. But uh, you, you look at that team and. If they're able to just add that that second guy across from Richard Sherman, I think that would be huge. Maybe they do that late in the draft, but I would I wouldn't hate it. Actually, I'd really like it if they got an Eli Apple as well. So, but offensive line, obviously, that's going to be a huge huge uh, you know focus point for us as fans, yeah. especially for that mm-hmm. team. I think uh, if things kind of fall their way. Uh, there might be the fact that Darren Lee, outside linebacker out of Ohio State, could slip down to mm-hmm. them. I think he's projected to go mid-teens. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's unreasonable that he could mm-hmm. fall to the mid-20s. Oh, yeah. Here's a guy uh, who runs the fastest 40 of any linebacker yeah. in the draft, and we know how much Pete Carroll Loves covers that. those guys <laughs> yeah. who have freaky kind of abilities. He's a little bit heavier than Kevin Pierre-Lewis. Mm-hmm. Might be able to slide in and play weak side linebacker if you want to move K.J. Wright over right. to play mm-hmm. Bruce Irvin's vacated spot. But I think he's just a guy that provides versatility, Freak athleticism at 6'1", 232 pounds, running a 4'4", 740. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when the Seahawks look for unique talents, he would be somebody that can fit yeah. in that mold. The one guy who could trip them up, though, is, of course, their former D.C., yeah. Dan Quinn. And Which Atlanta, is funny because it fits. It fits yeah, the, yeah. Again, yeah. fits that. Right. I mean, speaking of linebackers, too, I mean, if you want a guy who can play all three positions there, you could got a good one in Reggie Ragland from mm, Alabama. Alabama guy, yeah. You know, another monster at 6'1 to 6'2", 240 pounds. He's not missing a tackle. Right. <laughs> and, you know, you can never really have too many guys who can make those tackles. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I touched on wideouts earlier. They could look at a Will Fuller, Notre Dame, or a mm-hmm. Corey Coleman as a, yeah, actually yeah. a deep threat. That's why they gave so much up for Percy Harvin because they hoped he right. would be that. Harvin obviously didn't pan out. Yeah. Well, you look and, at Paul Richardson and Tyler yeah. Lockett, you yeah. know they love guys who can stretch the field. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, everything underneath Doug Baldwin's going to have. Right, or Jimmy Graham. Or Jimmy Graham, Graham. Yeah. up the field for them. I think, um, I know they spent a lot of resources in the secondary, but I think a Carl Joseph out of West mm-hmm. Virginia really yeah. fits the mold of a guy who loves to play ball, a guy who's going to bring the hammer, really bring that physical presence that the Seahawks enjoy. Mm-hmm. I know he's coming off an ACL tear, um, but he was just beloved at West Virginia. Team captain, four-year player. Um, I think if you could get him late in the first round, that would be a great Seahawks type of mentality Absolutely. guy. Mm-hmm. I'm on that Ryan Kelly train. Let's bring the uh, interior lineman yeah, in Seattle. Yeah. Both be reasonable. They'll Roll probably down. trade out of the first round. Yeah, we'll have to wait yeah. until Friday to see what yeah. they're going to do. Yeah. yeah. I think I, if I was betting, I would put money on that yeah, over absolutely. any player. But, absolutely. Uh, uh, of course, a lot of players keep an eye on uh, locally, too. Uh, let's start with Vernon Adams. I think that's maybe the most intriguing, just because he is a quarterback. Uh, where do you guys think he falls? Uh, and 
Does the move to Oregon pay off for him? In my, in my eyes, uh, he certainly had a spotlight on him this year. I think just simply that Arizona State game, that overtime throw that went late into the night, uh, showed his skill set at the Pac-12 level. Now where does he fall in the draft? I, I think he is the steal of the quarterback class easily. Uh, watching him, just you, there's the eye test. I mean, John, you were at a, a ton of his games yeah. you know, on the sideline. He just passes the eye test. I think, I think when you look at his skill set, he even played Pac-12 level teams when he was with Eastern and had a Beat field Oregon day. State, yeah, had yeah. A field he threw all over Washington. Yeah, threw all over Washington. If Eastern, like a really good defense, yeah, exactly. Too, like that, yeah. They, they had like three first rounders out yeah, of there, right. two first rounders out of that defense, and and if Eastern had two first rounders on their defense, I mean, being an FCS team, they would have won that game easily. Mm, but yeah. mm-hmm. but because they were lower level, the defense wasn't as high to match Washington, but. I mean, you look at those games. He had he was on Eastern at that time, and he and he tore them up. Just look at that tape, and then you go to Oregon. A lot of controversy. Uh, it, it was the the right move? He got hurt. I mean, he didn't get as much playing time. But night and day when he's playing and not playing. I mean, I was at the Washington State game uh, in Eugene, and I was so happy for because <laughs> the best part about that was he didn't play. We won in I think double overtime and then UW fans are like, oh, this is our year. We can finally beat Oregon. And Vernon Adams like, nope, sorry, I'm uh, coming in. And I, mean, I mean, you just look at the, that yeah. tape of night and day. Even uh, The perfect example is TCU. Look at yeah. TCU. First half he plays, they are yeah. destroying them. <laughs> yeah. And he gets hurt, and that's, this, that's one of his downfalls. I mean, that's why his spotlight wasn't there this mm-hmm. year. I mean, he broke his finger against Michigan State and was one throw away from beating them. And, and then in the second half, TCU comes back with the most incredible comeback in history. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. – I mean, it's there. I mean, the, the impact of him, a playmaker, is there. He makes the throws. He can do it all. But just because this kid is 5'10", you're not going to even work him out, look at what he can offer your team. You, you think with Russell Wilson and Drew Brees already in the league that that would at least shatter some of the stereotypical things. But I guess it's just that's just how it works. It's, you just look at a Carson Wentz and, yeah. and a Jared Goff, 6'4", 2'10", mm-hmm. 2'20". That's our guy. You know? mm-hmm. And I would say that's, you know, we, we talk, Vernon doesn't fit the prototype, but man, does he's probably the quarterback who has the most to prove in this draft yeah. class. That's it, scary. It is, and, that's ter- and that's honestly what you would probably want in a potential yeah, franchise yeah, yeah. quarterback, is it not? Is a guy who, you're not, you don't have to worry about motivating him. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's, he's, he's um, had a chip on his shoulder right. since day no, 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 one. No, no, he's carrying a boulder on his shoulder. <laughs> no, it's no chip at this point. And no lack of confidence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. a guy who totally believes in himself, yep. who believes in his abilities, who thought, hey, I can go from Eastern and I can play at Oregon. Mm-hmm. You know, and I can beat the big boys in the Pac-12. I can, you know, yeah. play with yeah. these guys at the FBS level and mm-hmm. show that he could. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I think that, um, you know, he has a thrill kind of for the, for the big moment. He doesn't mm-hmm. shrivel up. He doesn't, like, no, no. crumple <laughs> under the big away. moment. Yeah, yeah he doesn't shy that. away from it. And I think he will be brave to make throws and has the kind of arm to do it. And so... I think some team's going to give him a shot. What, what round, what team? If you had to go, I mean, I think a simple one, maybe Chip and the Niners give him a shot in the sixth round would be my pick. I'm going to go, uh, and real quick, the greatest thing about Vernon is not even his athleticism, is his football IQ. I mean, the guy went into Oregon with three weeks and yeah, learned the whole yeah, playbook and was yeah. starting job. <laughs> and, and there's a great article of when, whoever has a chance on SI, Doug Farrar, sits down with him and breaks down at least 10 plays with them and he just listening to him it's like a Gruden camp essentially for yeah. Vernon and you you just the guy oozes like you said the 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 love of the game and the X's and O's uh I think he goes undrafted and 
a team picks him up, is like, uh, we might need, you know, a a uh, practice squad quarterback, and he surprises someone, and he ends up on a on a roster, uh, like as, as starting as a third string, and he works his way up. I, I just he's just that type of guy. I mean, maybe this is a complete pipe dream, but you see, T Jack is still unsigned. Could you considerably see a I world would, where I he that. ends up on the Seahawks? There'd be a jersey. I mean, right could away. you think I'd of him it. running the read option right. and fitting into that scheme? They already he knows Russell already. Yeah, and you know that Russ is going to be there, you know, to help groom him. I think if he does end up going undrafted, he should strongly consider signing with a free agent with the Seahawks, a team that has you know shown a willingness to take risks on guys. Absolutely. And love guys who have a lot to prove. Mm -hmm. I think you go, I, I think he's going to get drafted just because of the simple fact that he's a quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Russell Wilson is a quarterback and who's 5'10". Yes, yeah. who's mobile. I yeah. think it's going to be, like you said, John, like a sixth round pick. But I think it's going to be a team like maybe a New England or a Denver that's just going to say, you know what? Why not? <laughs> We're already set as is for right now in New England's case yeah. or in Denver's case. We don't really have anybody. Let's give him what, a shot. Let's, let's let him come in. Yeah. Play. Yeah. What's the worst that can happen? You know, because yeah. both of those are, you know, stable franchises where you don't have to really worry about distractions aside mm -hmm. from Aaron Hernandez. But yeah. that's, that's, over that's, that's, that's for another that's day. That's yeah. for another yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah. Another day. Gate, sorry. I had to mention it. The play <laughs> gate. Why? <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, the Patriots might use their first rounder on Vernon, too. <laughs> See what I did there? Joe Dahl, another local guy. He's a he's a guy that I think we've all seen that could be early, could be a Friday pick, could be a Saturday pick, could go undrafted. Uh, any thoughts on uh, the Coug and former University Titan? I, I think with Dahl, he was the heart of that line. I mean, obviously had an incredible senior year. Was was uh, honored on a national stage. I mean, that's just great to see a Coug do that. I think the tough part with him is that he will have to slide positions. He'll have to slide inward, and and it's and it's different. You're not you're not you know shuffling out and just shoving the guy once or twice. You are right smack in the middle of the interior, um, as they call it, the trenches. And and so his speed will have to pick up a little bit, just like getting off the ball. I think there will be a transition period, but I think he's a, he will be a solid player. I think he will find a team and they uh, he'll stay with them and end up being a starter for a few years in yeah. the NFL. I think he is capable of that, but how fa how fast he picks up the speed at a different position that's mm -hmm. different. Yeah. That that is hard for any player in the NFL. Yeah, I mean getting used to putting his hand in the ground, right. to run mm -hmm. blocking, to having a guy right over him right. who's yeah. not a defensive end, who's a defensive tackle. Yeah. It's going to be a big transition for him, but I think Joe Dahl does project to be maybe a third, fourth, fifth round pick somewhere mm -hmm. in there. I have no idea, you know, what teams yeah. are going to need a guard at that position. Seahawks yeah. I mean, that would be Seahawks another great. Everyone, yeah, everyone picked Seahawks guys, pick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think he does project as a solid starter and a capable yeah. guy um, going into next year. I think I think fourth round is where I'd have him slotted. I think it's honestly going to depend on when the first guard, probably Kansas State's Cody Whitehair, mm. gets picked. If some team mm. at the end of the first round reaches up to grab him, that's going to sort of start the domino effect right. of thinking, uh-oh, we should all kind of keep an eye on this how guards are doing, yeah. which is, yeah. and so then that opens the floodgates for that early stretch of day two for him, but if white hair slides to late two or early three, then that's probably not a good sign for Dahl or really anybody else mm -hmm. at that position, mm -hmm. um, because again, w w you've heard it from day one with this class is, 
there's value all over the place on the lines of scrimmage, mm -hmm. you know, in the trenches yeah. with your O-line and D-line, especially in the interior sections of that. You can wait, you know, there's not going to be a huge drop-off from that first-round talent to that third or fourth-round talent. Yeah. So you're saying more skill position guys could probably go I think, Thursday and Friday. I think you're going to see yeah. a bit more of a run on your wideouts and your corners, especially your Thursday, Friday. Yeah. Um, then you're going to get to, you know, what they're, who they're affectionately known as the hog mollies and right. the bunch, yeah. you know, sort of as we round out that third and fourth round. Yeah. All right. So that's Joe Dahl. Uh, a few more minutes here. We're going to wrap up with this. Who is your, and I'll give you time to think about it here, Rookie of the Year, offensive and defensive, based on what we see in the first round here. So the, the top ten could go really anyway. We expect the top two quarterbacks uh, to go Goff, then Wentz. And then really from there, no one knows for sure. And that's going to be part of the fun mm -hmm. um, come Thursday, just see even how that top ten shakes out and then how that affects you know the next ten picks and the next ten picks. Uh, who do you guys like projecting, looking ahead to the future now, offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year? You know, it's funny when you pick these – and you predict before the draft, it's so hard not to take a first-round talent. Um, mm -hmm. And I feel like... Let's stick with the first round. Yeah, just I, feel for like yeah, yeah. I feel like yearly, it, it, it always is. I, offensively, I'm going to go with Ezekiel Elliott. I think he's going to be yeah. set up, if he gets, especially if he gets drafted by Dallas, which a lot of people have, just set up perfectly. The guy can block. He will be playing three downs, uh, which is very rare for, for running backs coming in now. I think he's just NFL-ready. He's... You know, a gamer, a winner, everything that you want in a running back, and that's what people need. Um, defensively, I mean, I think that's a little tough. I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with Buckner. I think he's going into a system. If he goes to San Francisco, I'm just going off mock drafts. He okay. goes to San Francisco, which I think he won't pass, fall past because Chip Kelly knows the guy pretty well. I'd say, and yeah. and so when you have a player that you know where he can fit right away and his skill sets, and you've coached him before. I think that's an easy spot for him. So I think that's my offensive defensive. All right. Just got him alone. You stole my Zeke Elliott pick, <laughs> so I'm just going to pick somebody else to be a little different. Uh, I'm going to go Josh Doxson out of TCU. Boom. Um, dude's, a, dude's a gamer. Dude is a gamer. Um, really has been kind of making that surge up the draft board despite that wrist injury that kind of plagued him a bit down the stretch at TCU. But, you know, a lot of teams that are in need of wideouts, they're not necessarily looking for a number one guy in the first round. They're looking at that number two wideout, like a Cincinnati or a Minnesota. Mm -hmm. He could fit in nicely there. If he's opposite A.J. Green in Cincinnati, I mean, That'd be that, unreal. That's an unreal <laughs> setup for him. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, it's tough. Um, you know, it, it kind of depends on who goes where, like it does, I guess, with just about any projection. Yeah. Just yeah. for this one, yeah. but the offense is um, yeah. <laughs> But, oh, gosh, I, I, I just kind of want to say it's going to be Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Um, the he's, guy, he's my favorite player. In this I, draft. I, I like him the most out of anybody in this draft. He can play two positions, so whoever takes him knows that they're getting a top shelf talent at corner or safety, <laughs> whatever one they need more. And both, especially as a rookie, you're going to be tested a lot. Yeah. So you, you're either going to play really well and you're going to be making those plays. And as a rookie, and you make plays, especially you know in the secondary, that usually means you're going to get a little attention and part of the Rookie of the Year voting is kind of a popularity yeah, contest right. of, yeah. oh, yeah, I've heard of that guy. Right. Yeah. So it makes so, some plays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think uh, in the NFL, it's all about whether you are the, the quarterback or you're attacking the quarterback. Yeah. And so for me, 
Uh, my defensive player of the year is going to be Joey Bosa, defensive end out of Solid Ohio pick. State. Yeah. I think some people consider him the top player in the draft. I think he maybe comes out, has possibly 10, 11 sacks, really comes on the scene in a pass-happy NFL and shows up in, uh, in a big way um, and becomes defensive player of the year. Yeah. Or defensive rookie of the year, sorry. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, I'm going to have to second Ezekiel Elliott. I think running backs come in uh, the most game-ready out of college. Mm -hmm. I think we saw that with Todd Gurley last yeah. year, who comes in, plug him in day one, and he makes a huge impact for the Rams. I think in Ezekiel Elliott, you have one of the few complete running backs, a guy who we said can block, catch out of the backfield, um, really had a great career at Ohio State, and didn't have you know a ton of carries there either. You know, didn't play more than two years, and so I'm thinking he doesn't have the wear and tear that like Derrick Henry or somebody else has, so I think he's worth a first-round draft pick yeah. um, at running back, as we've seen kind of the value of running back fall the last two Go, years. Going Ohio State. Yeah, the, going back to yeah. Ohio State. Um, I didn't realize Ezekiel Elliott should have been a Mizzou Tiger. Sorry. Oh, well, yeah. that, 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 I, I just saw that. I just saw that. We're just about to wrap it up, and Robin had to bring it I'm up. I'm sorry. Just so. I didn't know. They had a long conversation <laughs> just about every every Ohio State game on ESPN. It was, and to think, he was almost a Missouri Tiger. <laughs> Always brought up because his parents went there. And, you know, I... It's a great time to be a Missouri Tiger and a Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles fan. Yeah. Scott I'm sorry, Scott. All right, John. Uh, I'm going to get weird because mo most of my picks are normally wrong, so there's no reason not to go weird. Uh, Jared Goff, uh, Offensive wow. Rookie of the Year okay. because he's a quarterback yeah. and he's going to suck at times, but they might win some games. They're going to go 8-8 eight because eight they're the Rams, and that might be good enough. <laughs> the to best 8-8 eight eight team out yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, he's the one they're at least. Jeff Fisher team. All about, yeah. all about consistency. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're all about that 8-8. Eight eight. Uh, so just the guy's ball, it's in his hands every play. I mean, I think there's a chance that he gets some recognition I'm just sure for I'm sure the spotlight will be on. I'm not sure. Yeah, in Los Angeles. <laughs> uh, and then let's get real weird with Miles Jack as defensive wow. rookie Whoa. of the year. That's good. If he did not tear his ACL, he'd be the best defensive player on everyone's Agreed. board. Uh, I say he's back, ready to go, and ready to prove something with whatever team he plays for, uh, just lighting up. Uh, everyone he plays, both the quarterbacks and also the way he can cover really anyone out of the backfield as well. Yeah, he's a running back too. I know he has some character got real concerns. Word. I said you could have got real word and picked him as offensive. Oh, dang it! Missed your opportunity. That would that would have got real weird. Yeah. I don't know if I'm ready for that in my life. <laughs> all right, well, I'm excited to find out why we were all wrong come uh, Thursday Absolutely. for the draft and all yeah. our picks are terrible, but um, it was fun nonetheless. That always is. Yeah. All right. We made it. Uh, NFL draft tomorrow. I uh, wish it was on SWX. It's not, but we will have coverage for you at 1030 on SWX tonight. Just as good. Just as good. Absolutely. If not better. <laughs> All right. Uh, that'll do it for this week. We'll see you next week with who knows what, but Rob and I will come up with something. We'll figure it out. Yeah. At least something about sports. For sure. <laughs>